you deserve to be loved, and you deserve to be loved, and even you deserve to be loved, and you in the middle as well. The problem is that whether intentionally or unintentionally, oftentimes, we don't allow ourselves to be loved. We hold, our we hold ourselves in solitude, in isolation, because of pride or ego, because of a lack of doing something, a sin of omission, and sometimes from a sin of commission. To be loved requires that we are vulnerable, that we're honest with ourselves, that we're humble before our Lord or before anyone else who wants to love us. We have to be vulnerable enough to allow that love to enter in, to be a part of our life, to transform us, to change us. Tonight we celebrate what we have been preparing for these last three and a half weeks of Advent, because we all know the fourth week's not a full week. The coming of our Lord, the birth of Jesus, the birth of our Savior, the one whom Adam and Eve longed for, who Abraham and all the prophets longed for. But how he came and who he came for is really what's most important and something that we take for granted oftentimes. How he came as a little baby, and not just as a baby, but as a baby, an infant of the poorest, one of the poorest families in the Jewish people. Here in the gospel, she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Most of us read that last part as they were late, the inn was full, they had to go find somewhere else to, have birth, to give birth to Jesus and to rest for the night. But the census that forced Joseph and Mary to come to Bethlehem happened every five years. And this particular year, all of the descendants of King David were told to go to Bethlehem which was pretty normal to have every family or lineage go to a particular place to be registered. That's how the Romans did it. Rather than seeing that there was no space for them in the inn, imagine these descendants of David, and even though there were dispersions and the Jewish people over the hundreds and thousand, the thousand years had come and gone out of Israel, most of them were probably still pretty well off. And so when there was no room for the in, them in the inn, as in you smell, you're poor, you have no money, there's no room for you here. And so they were rejected by their own people. So they go to a stable. And unlike St. Francis's crash here, this nice nativity set, which is always beautiful, I mean, the image of it, it's always beautiful, but back then, shepherds with sheep would use a cave as a stable. That's what a stable was, which is a cave in the rock by wherever they could find it. And they usually were rather large, 40 feet wide, 40 feet long, 12 feet tall, sometimes a little bit shorter. But they were in there with maybe animals, maybe by themselves. Who knows? But they had to find a place for themselves. Their hearts were opened. The other descendants of David, their hearts were not opened. They did not allow God to come to them, to be with them, to spend the night with them. We have to ask ourselves, do we, and have we, especially in this previous season of Advent, did we prepare ourselves in such a way that we could invite Jesus? 
Do we place our affections in a way that onto things that are eternal, things that are holy, things that are good, as in piety, as in prayer, as in fasting, as in almsgiving, as in acts of charity, corporal or spiritual works of mercy? Is that where our free time goes or any of our free time? Is that where our heart goes? If we have an afternoon, do we even think about those things? If we do, we're in the right place. We're putting ourselves, we're putting on the armor of salvation, the helmet of salvation, the armor of truth, the belt of justice. But many of us at different times are more like the people that rejected Mary and Joseph. We have a spiritual nakedness, a coldness, sloth maybe, sin of any kind that prevents Christ from being born in our hearts, of dwelling in our nice, warm, comfortable temple of our body, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And instead, we reject him, sometimes in big ways, sometimes in small ways. But the amazing thing about our Lord is that he comes regardless. And if we don't have him living in our heart, he's nearby, just waiting to be invited in, just waiting and not forcing his way into our heart. So what are we called to do? We're called to not take him for granted, which is one of the hardest things to do. We all know it is because we've all been to multiple Christmases before, and it's real easy with any repetition to take someone for granted. But that's what this season is about. That's what Advent was about to prepare. And Christmas is about rejoicing in the Lord, not taking him for granted, but possessing that which we desire. That's what joy is. If you want a definition for joy, the possession of the object that we desire, whether it's a person or it's a thing, that's what joy is. So joy to the world. The world had been yearning for a Savior, yearning for the Lord, yearning for healing. And Christ came, and the song says, joy to the world, the Savior is come. Tonight, in this silent night, and tomorrow, and as we go home, well, really, as we go home tonight, I'm asking you all to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in who he is. Rejoice in any of the blessings he has given you. Rejoice in all the good things the faith that he has given you, the healing that he's ever given you, whether in the sacraments or outside of the sacraments, any good prayer moments, any good family members, any good desires in your life. They're all from God, and many other things are from God as well. Now is the time to rejoice in all of those things. Sometimes our focus, especially at Christmas, can be a little too worldly. But... I'm asking you all tonight, especially with those with kids, and it's awesome to see kids here. Santa is awesome, and he's coming, no doubt about it. But take a moment. Just help reinforce what tonight is really about. It's the moment that for thousands of years, all the people of the world did not know who God was, what he looked like, and exactly how great he is. They made idols, they thought about it, they imagined. Most cultures think, thought God was a vengeful God, an angry God, a God who had an iron fist, a God who believed in an eye for an eye, a God who punished. But our God came as a gentle child who's merciful, who he is just, 
but he's merciful and loving and kind and probably Googled, gooed and made little baby noises as well because he's accessible to everyone. If we welcome him into our heart because we deserve to be loved and just how a baby loves everyone, well, that's not true. Babies love most everyone. But this baby, our Lord Jesus, absolutely loves, desires, and has great affection for everyone. This is what we must keep in our heart. This is what the celebration is about. This is what I'm asking you all to go home, to meditate on, to rest in. The joy, the exhilaration of being at the manger. The exhilaration of being there with Mary and Joseph. The exhilaration of realizing that everything that the world has to offer is nothing compared to God. And in fact, those distractions are what keep us from God. A greater distraction of worldly things means that we have less time for God's love to affect us, to penetrate us, to make us beautiful. Tonight is a night of joy. Tonight is a night of glorious wonder. The last three weeks, three and a half weeks, we did not sing the Gloria because God was not with us here on earth. But here at the end of the gospel, we hear the angels sing to the glory to God in the highest. Why do we sing the Gloria at Mass? Because the angels and all the hosts in heaven sing the glory to God in the highest. They sing this. If you can remember this for the rest of the liturgical year, when we sing the Gloria, it's not just something we do at Mass. It's supposed to take us back to this moment where God, I mean, where the angels go and meet the shepherds. They go to announce the glory of God. They go to announce and to invite all of us to join in that joy, to humble ourselves, to not be proud, not be haughty, but to rejoice in the possession of our Lord who is all that we desire.